I'm Hayes Hartwig. This is Bamboo, Vancouver's property management and investment podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Bamboo, Vancouver's property management and investment podcast. This week, I have one of our team members from Vancouver Rented, Peter, down here with me, and we're just going to go over basically what's going on in the property management world and some of the stats and stuff just to keep people up to date for February. So welcome, Peter. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, excited to talk about uh, what's going on in the rental market right now in Vancouver and, and uh, you know how to maybe help some landlords uh, figure out uh, what uh, you know the trends are so they can figure out how to capitalize on them. Exactly, right? And I mean, you've been at this for, what, three years with Vancouver Rent-It? Two three years, years, yeah. Three years with Vancouver Rent-It um, and three years as a property manager. So I've uh, been loving every minute of it <laughs> and uh, working uh, you know, on the team with Vancouver Rent-It has been great. Nice, nice. So going through what's, some of the stats that happened here, like the average price of a one-bedroom unfurnished has actually fallen in Vancouver an entire $6. <laughs> so now the average is twenty two fifty one for Metro Vancouver. So, I mean... It's down a little bit, but it's not like we're suddenly out buying a bunch of eggs or lettuce these days or anything like that. Um, but interestingly enough, this the, the rent has gone up from 2022 in February, $411. So, I mean, it seems to be kind of leveling out a bit, but not dropping drastically in that. Uh, how have you been seeing it out there? Have you been seeing this sort of trend as well? or Definitely have been noticing uh, some of the properties that we've listed, we've had to reduce the price on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does take a little while for prices to fall, especially um, the prices are a little stickier. So, you know, you see the market trending downwards and it still takes some time for some owners to realize that and, and have to lower the property, uh, the, the price. Yeah. Um, as well, uh, we've no- been noticing that there's lots of properties available. Um, the, the price of, of home uh, sales has gone down a bit, so people, they're not getting the top dollar that they want. So instead, they've decided to rent it out, mm. which means tenants have lots of choice, Makes means the market's kind of flooded with some of these rentals. And that mean, that's why the prices are reducing, because uh, tenants have lots more choice and, and they've, uh, they can kind of pick and choose what rentals they want to rent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny that you say with the owners being late to the party for adjusting on prices, it's the same thing on the sales side. You know what I mean? Like, I, I used to be able to get this much used to is not now <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's it definitely a change in that yeah it's also it's also seasonal obviously over the winter when it's cold out fewer people want to move so mm-hmm. uh you know, there's just less interest in general in in, in rentals uh, over the summer is a kind of a transitional period lots of people want to move at the, in the spring and you know have a new place for the summer so we will we'll probably see the the rent go up a little more as we get to that but we can definitely see it uh, in the colder months of the year definitely the prices uh, have gone down. And like you said, it, it, for some owners, it, it, it's a little sticky. It, it can take time for them to see the market trend and realize this. Yeah. Uh, and that's maybe why we've only seen that six, $6 change month over month. But I'd, I'd imagine that kind of the overall picture of it is that for certain properties, that, that amount is much larger. Oh, absolutely. And as I said earlier, like these are all averages. So they do change from city to city and their sub areas respectively. And it's funny that you touched on the spring summer because I've noticed over the years of doing this that trends lead towards the beaches. So like down at Cole Harbor or, and down by Stanley Park and Kitts, those ones go up more than downtown proper 
I noticed in the summer because everyone's thinking, yo, beach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> I've got a couple uh, rentals that I've uh, that I did last year in the summer. Um, in the West End, right on you know Beach Avenue, mm-hmm. awesome places, especially in the summer. And I've rented out very similar ones in the winter time, and the price has been been lower. And exactly, it's a, a little bit of a you know sunshine tax, right? The, the, yeah. the, when it's nice out, people see the the natural light coming through the windows of those places, and they think, man, I want to be right on the beach for the summer. Yeah. In the winter, it doesn't quite have the same appeal. So yeah, definitely, definitely fall. see even. Uh, you know, area to area, yeah. that those kind of larger changes due to the due to the weather. Oh, absolutely, and that's one of those things. So, basically, you, it's a good idea to talk to a professional about figuring out the pricing because that's all we stare at all day. Is just what's going on from area to area, and this is the way it is. Uh, interestingly enough, Burnaby is leading by the price per square foot at three sixty nine per square foot, and Langley and Surrey are both tied at two fifteen. Per square foot, two dollars and fifteen cents, not two hundred and fifteen. <laughs> but um, it's it's interesting because possibly the reason why Burnaby is so high right now, like higher than Vancouver, is because of all the new builds. So all these guys have got brand new places. They want top dollar because no one's lived in it. It's brand spanking new. So I think that's maybe leading the charge because I don't know if you've looked around Burnaby lately, but there's a lot of cranes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cranes, a lot of new buildings. And I think specifically in Burnaby, some of the new builds are very, very small. There's, I've seen some very, very small units. Uh, and, and you know, even if the prices, say, are the similar to Vancouver, just because the units are so new and, to be honest, frankly, smaller, yeah. then, you know, that obviously drives up the price per square foot. So that's definitely something I've been seeing. I, I've definitely stepped foot in a couple of, you know, two-bedroom units that are probably more like one plus a den. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually like a advocate of the older places, to be perfectly honest, um, simply for the fact that they're just generally bigger. Yeah, <laughs> you, know what I mean? you, you get more space for sure. There's uh, quite a few developments uh, in the in the Brentwood area right now where they're, uh, they'll call it the, the junior two-bed, yeah. but really the second bedroom, I've seen one that they called it a junior two-bed, but it doesn't even have a door. It's just a, really <laughs> more of a large alcove. So... <laughs> Like you said, the, the the price per square foot is definitely high in Burnaby right now. Yeah, and you have to be honest with your people who are trying to move in. That's one of the things. I have, every once in a while, you'll have a discussion with a owner basically saying, you know, oh, it's a two-bedroom. That doesn't have a window or a closet. Like, that's definitely not a second bedroom. Yeah. Or you can't fit a bed in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it can. you can market it as an awesome den, and that's yeah. what I usually do. If, if it has, you know, no closet, no window... It's definitely a den, but you can, you know, you can market it and say, look at this. It's got a massive den. You can do, you know, you fit two desks in there, work from home with your spouse or whatever. But at the end of the day, calling it a bedroom, it might be a little disingenuous. Of course. And and that, and you're going to put the person who's coming in and now they're upset and angry. So they're definitely not going to rent your place and they're pissed off at you. So really just call it what it actually is and things will be better for everybody. Yeah, I've definitely found, you know, you want to make things sound good in marketing, but, you know, the truth uh, will eventually come out when the person sees the property in person and uh, it's just kind of better to be upfront about it. Exactly. Definitely a good tip for landlords. Yeah, and one of the most active property types, as expected, is apartments at uh, 78.71% of the listings right now are apartments. And the two bedrooms taking up most of them at 49.5. So almost half of them uh, over the lower mainland, basically, wow. um, are on average there. And interestingly enough, the as been last year as well and for January of this year, the most expensive cities in Canada happen to all be in the lower mainland. 
So um, with uh, the order being at the top five is West Vancouver, number one, Vancouver proper, number two, North Vancouver, number three, Burnaby, as we were just discussing, number four, and Richmond, actually, at number five, which is huh. kind of an interesting one. I was, I was a little bit surprised about. I'm Honestly, I'm actually a little surprised about Richmond, too. Yeah. Um, I, personally, I've done a couple rentals there, mm-hmm. and uh, they were kind of not on the lower end, but they were, for the same price, you could probably, you, would, you wouldn't get as much in, in some of those other cities. So I'm, I'm actually a little surprised to see it, but maybe I, I just wasn't renting the, uh, the brand new builds in, uh, in Richmond, uh, yeah, there's the a time, fair amount so. there by the airport now. So yeah. like maybe that's what's sort of propping those numbers up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's right? other, I, you know, there's a lot of kind of older buildings in Richmond. So I'm, I'm actually a little surprised to see that. I'm not surprised to see West Vancouver um, on the list. <laughs> and I, when I was that. looking at the list, actually, I saw that West Van had one of the lower uh, price per square foot. Um, maybe mm-hmm. just because most of those are big houses, right? I think that kind yeah. of is the... Um, kind of the, the difference there as opposed to these there's not as many kind of smaller one bedroom or two bedroom condos there yeah. are some being built for sure in West Van but for the most part these very 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 large houses that while they do command a you know a high rental price per square foot they it actually almost ends up being a better deal so. yeah yeah so it skews those numbers for <laughs> yeah. sure right which again that's a talk to your professionals man <laughs> we, we we just stare at these all day yeah um, it's definitely good to take a look in the area personally i live in uh north vancouver and i'm always kind of just looking for rentals that you know maybe for myself or some friends or something like that yeah. it's always good to see what the market is and uh over the last year or so it, the north van i found had not very many rentals at all. I feel like most people who purchase in North Van, they're not purchasing for investment, they're purchasing to live in. Um, And that's kind of what I'd seen, at least anecdotally. But looking on Craigslist these days for rentals uh, in North Vancouver, there's tons. North Mm. Van and West Van, there's tons of houses available, even tons of apartments. So definitely more people listing their property, uh, which is awesome. Uh, But it also means that for landlords, it can be more difficult to find a tenant because the tenants have lots more choice and you might need to be a little more competitive on the price. Yeah, exactly. And, and even your marketing. I mean, I'm sure you've seen through Craigslist these guys with these like, I think they're taking the photos through a potato or something and they're all vertical. And you're just like, oh, I'm like, what? Are you, why am I staring at a picture of like a faucet or something? You know yeah, what I mean? It's like, absolutely. And you don't need a professional camera, honestly. Uh, maybe, maybe back in the day you needed a professional camera, you need to hire a professional. But to be honest, you know, we're all carrying around a thousand dollar cell phone in our pocket. And <laughs> for the most part, that's good enough for taking photos. And, and that's uh, definitely something that, that I look at immediately. If the photos are, like you said, taken through a potato, <laughs> it's not going to be something that I'm necessarily interested in. Oh, for sure. I actually uh, touched on that on, on uh, a couple of people that I've been discussing with. I actually recommend people do use a professional photographer just the one time. Because then you have these pro photos that you can just keep on using, providing you don't, you know, change the color of your wall or something or knock one down for that matter. But I always recommend doing that. But either way, like, as you said, the cell phones are taking much better pictures now. Uh, even clean your lens. Like, just make <laughs> it look good. Especially with right now. I mean, our current society is got so many apps and stuff. I mean, Zillow and Trulia and hell, Tinder. You know, if they don't like something at first, you just swipe on it and it's gone, right? So you want to make sure that you get those photos, your tip-top best photos. The other reason why I suggest with the professional photographers is they can do floor plans or virtual walkthroughs and stuff like that. Uh, You guys do 
virtual walkthroughs on your own, but with a video exactly. Game, yeah? yeah, we do the we do video tours, so you can't you know you can kind of scrub back through the video to check out parts that you missed, and I find it really helps. You know, you can have really good pictures of all the rooms, but it can be kind of hard to tell even with a floor plan, kind of how all those rooms fit together. Yeah, and that can be important. You know, to kind of know how the whole place flows and, and fits so it definitely is nice to do the video tour it's nice to film it horizontally as well i've definitely seen some really weird <laughs> vertical ones that make me feel like i'm on a roller coaster and to be honest i'm sure people get car sick watching those so um definitely the video tour really really helps yeah. and honestly when people come to view properties that and they've already seen the video tour it's really like they're they've already seen it they're really just checking to make sure it's real at that point right yeah it so, kind of makes it like a gate almost you know you've checked the virtual one now you're coming for the real one like yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it's nice. It's nice uh, that they can kind of look at it and they can decide. And if they don't want to rent it and they've seen the whole video tour, then they can make an informed decision and it, don't waste my time and don't waste your time, right? Yeah, so absolutely. It, it works, uh, kind of works for everybody there. So I guess you're saying if you do the videos that maybe move a little bit slower, don't just whip through the place and make people sick definitely we you know we try and take as much time as possible uh, if people get bored during the video they can always skip ahead right yeah, it's better enough. to have a longer video than a really short one that's whipping through all the appliances super fast and <laughs> i've seen some crazy ones that are shaky and and like i said makes you feel like you're on a roller coaster so uh, it's nice when uh, you walk through the place slowly and and show everything but you don't need to do it super fast. <laughs> slow, slow your roll, right? <laughs> so according to uh, Live.Rent, which is one of the sites that Vancouver Rented puts their properties on there, uh, they're saying that the income to rent ratio average is about 38% on rent and 62 on other spending, uh, which is usually off for most cities, but we live in Vancouver and BC bring cash. So when you're looking at prospective tenants for your properties that you're managing, what is your sort of gauge that you use, or do you have one? Or what, yeah, what's your thing? I always do try and, you know, I think of the rule that I've heard is, you know, one third, 33%. So hearing 38% for Vancouver, a little bit higher, not super right. surprising, yeah. but it's still close enough. Um, to be honest, you know, I've probably rented to people that were around 40% of their mm -hmm. before tax income. Uh, and, you know, it, generally, that that seems fine, especially for Vancouver. Honestly, I, yeah. I think if you tried to stick with the thirty-three percent, you'd be eliminating a lot of people and probably a lot of good tenants. You know, too early in the process. Oh, so, um, it is something that we definitely look for, though. Um, you know, and trying to get as close to that kind of thirty-three percent of the of the before tax income. Um, you know, prefer to be spent on rent, um, but it's definitely something to consider for landlords. Uh, you know. Uh, the, with the economy being tighter and with, like you said, the cost of lettuce and eggs being <laughs> being higher and more expensive. And, you know, people are get, definitely getting pinched. Um, yeah. And uh, you'd hope that paying the rent would be kind of the first in the forefront of their mind, but also putting food on the table is too. So I, I definitely, some, you know, would caution landlords uh, and maybe start to, as the economy kind of slips, maybe tighten up that, that percentage and maybe, you know, not be accepting people that are 40%. Maybe think about trying to get that as, you know, that, that ratio as low as possible, just, just to be safe just for the next little while. Well, exactly. I guess also taking into account type of employment would be something you might want to consider as well. Uh, for instance, certain positions such as nurses, for instance, like 
it's not like they're going to run out of clients. People are going to keep on getting sick and hurt and so on and so forth. And they're in high demand. So yeah, probably, you know, I guess based on some jobs would also be a bit of a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I always tell clients that the two most important factors that I look at are our stable long-term employment, or at least, you know, long-term for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, and then a good landlord reference. If I can get somebody on the phone, sometimes another property manager who says, hey, Peter, this tenant was great. I, you know, I, I want them to stay. I wish they weren't leaving. Whenever yeah. I hear that, I think that's great. I've <laughs> made a check mark. I've made a great <laughs> choice. You know, that tenant is probably going to be fantastic. Um, you know, if the landlord kind of hums and haws a little bit and says, oh, you know, they were okay, but blah, blah, blah. You know, I might, might think twice. That's definitely a bit of a, a red flag. So yeah. those kind of two things, the, the good, solid employment like, that, like you said, you know, maybe is a little recession proof, that sort of employment. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus the, the landlord reference are, are definitely the two things that I would look for. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking with the landlords, there's been those changes for the rules about renting that just happened this year, where now all the stratas can't restrict rentals anymore. Have you noticed an uptick on this? Or, and what do you think that's going to do to the rental market? Do you, do you feel like that that's going to Make yeah. it go lower? So, what are you feeling? funnily enough, I, I was actually talking to a client uh, who'd reached out to me right before they did the, the vote on this. Mm-hmm. And I think it was pretty well known that the vote was going to be a, a resounding <laughs> yeah, yes. I don't think right. it was it was to nobody's <laughs> surprise that they did that. But the client, she had reached out to her strata and they'd actually rejected. They'd said, no, sorry, there's, there's too many rentals right now. Mm. And she said, oh, what should I do about it? And I said, why don't we wait three days? Because <laughs> it was just in December. It was in December, I think. or yeah. I guess it was in early December. Yeah. And I said, why don't we just wait three or four days and then I bet you it'll be all fine. And then lo and behold, on the third Thursday or whenever they voted for it, yeah. she called me up and she said, perfect, let's go ahead and rent the place. And she said, do I have to do anything? And I said, nope, just just go ahead as normal. So, yeah. um, you know, she, we were hoping that the strata wouldn't be, there wouldn't be any pushback from the strata. There wasn't any. Um, I, I'd imagine that's a pretty common story. Mm-hmm. That people, uh, you know, who are maybe on the fence about renting it, and or you know, they they didn't want to apply for the to the strata, or maybe the strata rejected them. I'm sure there were some people that did. You know, I I don't know the exact numbers, but I think the overall number wasn't a huge amount that were being restricted, or at least rentals that kind of it would open up. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, the overall housing market, I don't know how much of an impact it'll be, but having more units available definitely helps the renters. Yeah, we may actually see more of an effect as you're saying, as more people move around in the summer. Mm-hmm. So we might see more of an effect then when more people now are thinking like, yep, let's rent our place. Definitely. We're going to take off in the summer and move to Kelowna or wherever they want to go kind of thing and just rent out where they were living. Exactly. Yeah, I think that we would definitely see more of an impact there. And as well, you might see a little more of an impact on the sales side as well. Mm-hmm. When people buy a property and they were buying in a res- rental restricted building, um, you know, they it doesn't give them as much flexibility. Now, yeah. there's obviously pros and cons to both sides of it. But um, obviously, there's some people who wanted to rent their place and weren't able to. But if they maybe sold that property now, somebody might have the flexibility to do that. And who knows, might increase the price a little bit if, if they know that in the future, the buyer could, could rent it out to somebody. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So for the lower mainland, just a quick look over on Craigslist, which is one of the major sources of rentals in Vancouver. Uh, the lower mainland has 8,100 listings with an average price of Twenty-seven forty-three. Mm-hmm. That's for like all of the Lower Mainland. It's, we're including Langley, as well as downtown Vancouver and West Van. So it definitely like spreads it all out there. And interestingly enough, if you add in pets permitted, that number drops to nineteen seventeen, and the price goes up to three thousand and fifty-seven. So that's a twenty-three percent 
are pet friendly out of all of these rentals, these 8,100, and you can get 314 more on average. So in your opinion, do you feel that it's, it's a worthwhile risk to allow for pets? Or like, if, you're, if your landlord asks you, should I allow for pets or not? What's your kind of thought For process? the most part, it, I usually let the owner just decide themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, personally, it doesn't, you know, I don't mind if they yeah. allow pets or they don't. My job is essentially going to be the same. I'm going to vet the pet a little bit, just as much <laughs> as I would vet the owner. But, you know, at the same time, I think it really more depends on the on the type of property. Yeah. Um, you know, for a, a big house with a backyard and, and maybe not too many carpets, I would say probably allow pets. Um, if there's carpet everywhere and, you know, maybe the carpet's newer and you don't want to replace it, I, I would think maybe twice about about allowing pets. That's just me personally. Yeah. Um, but I usually kind of allow it to be open-ended. I mean, it, you're certainly not going to completely cut off a ton of the rental market. There's lots of people with pets out there, but there's also lots of people without pets. Yeah, so, you know, as much as uh, we all love cats and dogs, and I've had owners tell me that, oh, I love cats and dogs, but I don't want pets. And I say, it's no problem. I'm sure you'd love animals, but, you know, if you don't want a pet in your property, you don't want a pet. Yeah. Um, and I guess that does bring up the question, talking about the, the strata restrictions, if whether that's something that the province might consider in the future. Um, basically saying that you can't discriminate against people with pets. I, I know that that's something that maybe the media has been talking about, and I'm not sure if that's something the you know province would ever consider, um, but who knows? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's that's the rules back east, like in Toronto, and that you can't discriminate based on a pet. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of people that do because you can usually tell if somebody has a pet or for some reason they're just covered in cat hair for some unknown reason, <laughs> right? So, um, I mean, I'm sure there's still some discrimination going on with it, but... You can't just blatantly put in no pets back in Toronto. So that might be something that Vancouver is moving towards. Uh, it just They have to change the act, obviously. The, yeah, I, you know, I, I really think that the, the part of changing the strata uh, things was obviously, you know, to open up. Uh, that was the idea, was to open up more uh, rentals. And I think that that's kind of what they're trying to do is incrementally find ways of just putting a few more rentals back in the market. If mm-hmm. they can change a, a rule here that puts more and they change a rule here that puts more, eventually that will add to the supply. I think overall the, you know, building more places for people to live in is, is probably the, the best way to do it. But, you know, incrementally adding these changes that to the, to the uh, Strata Act or the uh, the Residential Tenancy Act, yeah. that that could, you know, increase the supply and, and definitely help out the, you know, housing crisis. Yeah. So at the risk of sending a trigger for some of our, our listeners here, do you think that Airbnb and VRBO and all these like short-term rentals are damaging it as much as being said or what what do you feel on that to be honest i i you know i've looked at the numbers uh, and i i don't really have uh, you know a, a big sense of of how often it's hard to tell how often those airbnb places actually are rented out yeah right some of them you know i'm sure they put the ads online a lot and maybe mm-hmm. they're only rented out some of the time and as well a lot of those places maybe you know, uh, for for individual condos, sure, maybe those would be rented out on a long term basis. Yeah. But sometimes it's just maybe a basement suite, and there's not a you know there's not a hundred percent chance that the owner would rent that place out anyways. Maybe it's Airbnb or nothing, yeah. right? So it's it's tough to say. It's tough to say. Obviously, as a rental property manager that focuses on long term rentals, <laughs> I would love it if they decrease the number of. Airbnbs or, or restricted it more, um, obviously because that would be good for for my business. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, personally, I I don't really have a 
overall thought on it. I, I'm not sure if that would help. I, I'm sure it would help, but I'm sure a lot of people would be upset and, and you know, maybe it's over, maybe it's overreaching, but yeah, I mean, you can't make everybody happy, right? So exactly. Some, someone's going to be upset either way. <laughs> exactly. So, so if people are trying to look to get a hold of you for property management or placement only, or really any help for the property management side of your business, um, how would they find you? Uh, they can find me at VancouverRentIt.com. Uh, on our website, which uh, if you're re- listening to this podcast, you may already uh, already know about. Um, I've also got, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's the best way, reaching out to Vancouver Rent It and, and you'll be able to find me. Nice. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming down to the podcast here and, and, and enlightening Vancouver with your ideas and plans for the future of property management. So thanks for coming down. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. This has been Bamboo, Vancouver's property management and investment podcast. We'll be back in a couple weeks to touch on anything else in the property management world. If you found this property management podcast interesting, please do be sure to subscribe and we'll see you soon.